presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage. With great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Come on, thank you. I've got the fuck. You can just take it away. Good morning. It is really a privilege to be here, and and um, thank you so much for this invitation. I had the privilege uh, just uh, a week ago to be in Armadale, and uh, if you knew a little bit of uh, Les and Lara's movement, they were once upon a time in Armadale, and I heard really wonderful report of the service in the ministry. It kind of reminded me a little bit like in the book of Revelation, where we see how the Lord was commending the churches, commending the churches of the wonderful things they were doing. But there was always something which he was rebuking. This is a wonderful man, godly leader, you guys are blessed to have him and Lara with his beautiful family here. But there's something that is not right in this. He's a manly supporter. But anyway. <laughs> wow, you guys, I could just get No, 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 I'm not this close yet. He's a manly supporter. But, but you know what, Les? Uh, like God commanded the churches in Revelation you can still repent and turn back and become a doggy supporter. Come on. No, we need it. Well, guys, it is, in a serious note, it is. I, I am honored to, to be able to uh, share your guys' series. Oh, I'm really honored just to serve alongside friends. One of the blessings that uh, I have in ministry is as we do a lot of traveling, God has blessed us to meet a lot, a lot of people, a lot of youth pastors, senior pastors, scripture teachers, chaplains, friends, and um, it's really a privilege. I have the privilege to pray for him regularly. I send him text messages and I tell him, I remind him that I'm one of his cheerleaders. I'm one of your 
I'm one of his cheerleaders. I went to another church that, he, man, I feel privileged when I pray for Les and his family. And, mate, what a privilege. Thank you for the invitation to come and serve alongside with you and your wonderful team. Thank you, families that host us. Uh, thank you, Victoria. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate your time here. As I was thinking what to share, when, when Les asked me a few months ago as we were preparing about this trip, I was asking the Lord, what message can I share? And yes, over the 30 years, I've had the privilege of ministering the Word of God in many different churches and so on. And so I was really asking the Lord just something new that He would put in my heart to be able to present to the church this morning. And the Lord led me to a passage here in 2 Timothy. And I think perhaps um, I focus on this passage is maybe because the season of my life, it, tomorrow, sorry, next year, I'll be turning the big five zero. And I kind of laugh because my wife's already there. She turned this year 50. And so I kind of mock her and say, Sue, you married a younger, very younger person. She says, nah, I look younger than you. And it's probably true. Uh, but as, I'm, as I realize that, that I'm turning 50, half a century. So in many ways, as I prepared, thinking about this message, I thought about my journey. I came to know Christ at the age of 13. I didn't live for Christ until the age of 17, where I dedicated my life, and God took me for a journey. I went four years, did Bible college in Argentina. I'm originally from Peru. I met my wife in Argentina. Her name is Sylvia. And by the way, this morning I prayed with her, and she's praying for tonight, this morning's service, and, and she is my prayer warrior. I could not do what I can do these many, many years without an incredible woman beside me. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing godly woman. And I really thank the Lord for that wonderful example that she is to me. And, man, she's patient with me. And um, she supports, never complains. She understands the travel that we do. And she prays and she really encourages. And so we prayed this morning. And I said to Sylvia, Guys, I've been preaching for 30 years. I still get nervous. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still nervous. I, I get butterflies, which is a good thing. Reminds me, God always saying, hey, depend upon me, which is a good thing. So I am nervous right now, Les. I am nervous. And so I was thinking about turning 50 next year. And I look back all these years that God has given me such an amazing privilege, literally reaching thousands of students. The privilege to see the gospel changing lives. And I thought, well, what must I do now to finish well? As a matter of fact, if you do a study, character studies, you're going to find out that a lot of Bible characters in the later part of their lives finish not well. Every Tuesday with our team and staff, we, we do, we're doing Bible study on Bible characters. And we did it on the life of Solomon, King Solomon, who started loving God, brilliance in understanding, the sharpest mind, the wealthiest, had everything before him. There was peace in the land. But what happens? We see his failure. 
we see how no longer there was this love for the Lord, but he had other loves. And that's what happened to, to Demas. In verse 10, let me read the last verse. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But it's not just my context where I'm at. I've met teenagers and young adults that have lost their calling. I've met parents that have lost their purpose in parenting. And so the easy way out is get separated, get divorced. I've seen it. I understand there are very sensitive situations in different homes. I understand that. I see also with our generation constantly changing and sometimes not for the good, but for the bad. And so this message is not just for someone who's turning 50. I think this message is for all of us. Are we going to be a demons? Are we going to forsake our calling? Are we going to forsake what God has started in our lives? So let's pray as we're going to get stuck to this passage. And can I challenge you? Doesn't matter if you're a teenager, you're young at all, a career-age student, mom and dad. I believe God has a word for us. Heavenly Father, thank you. You're an amazing God. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts that we would not be like Demas, that we may not forsake our calling, and that, Father, that we will embrace what you are asking us to do today. Lord, we want to hear your voice this morning. In the name of Christ, amen. In this passage, I think the Apostle Paul wants to pass on the baton. He wants to pass on the torch to young Timothy. Perhaps with a question, what kind of legacy will you leave? What kind of legacy would I leave? In other words, what will you remember for? It's a good question. And I think the Apostle Paul is going to teach and inspire young Timothy with three important principles. Number one, there's a charge. Number two, there is a caution. Number three, there is a commitment. So let's go to the text, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we read here in verse 1 and 2. Paul says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. Fascinating verse. 
less. Can I move around or you just got to stay straight? Okay, okay. It's a fascinating because there's going to be other charges that Paul does to Timothy and other people. Many other charges. But this particular charge includes a judgment. This is singular. This is unique. Because I think the Apostle Paul, we're getting zapped here. What's happening here? Oh, we're turning off the heaters. Okay. I'm scared. And so he's charging us that we are going to be responsible for something. Young Timothy, you have a responsibility in what? And to be honest, friends, I think we all have a responsibility. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or an elder, a mum and dad. All of us have this responsibility. We are this jar of clay and we've got this precious thing in us. And that's the gospel. That's the message. That's Jesus Christ. All of us can do that. Paul is reminding Timothy that we are going to be held accountable for what we do. There is a charge. The first concept is preach. Preach. It's interesting that that word there, in the Greek word, is caruso, which means a herald. Someone that makes and is making a public Declaration, a public proclamation. Paul is saying, your first charge is you have to preach, proclaim. You need to be a herald. As a matter of fact, all of us can be a herald. All of us can, can embrace and take on the responsibility to preach God's word. I was telling the guys that came yesterday with the training at Thrive. If I hold here a hand grenade and I told the students, this hand grenade is not effective until what? Somebody what? Pulls the pin. Anyone can pull the pin. And I was telling the students of Jonah, who's 13 years of age, he's already leading friends from school to the Lord, he pulls the pin. Doesn't matter how old you are, you're 39, you can pull the pin. In other words, all of us can be that herald. The first charge is proclaim. The second charge in verse 1 and 2, we read that Paul is saying, not only proclaim, but now prepare. Verse 2 says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Paul is saying, be prepared in season and out of season. You know what Paul is saying? It's a concept of urgency. 
How urgent are we to proclaim the gospel? I like what John Piper says. The lost don't just need finding. The lost don't just need finding. They need saving. This is why Jesus came into the world. Not only to find people, but to save people. You should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The lost are dead in their sins, and it's saving, and it's saving in a way that only Jesus can do. John Piper. That is so true. There has to be an urgency in Nevada season. And often what happens is that we think, oh, no, no, I can only serve God maybe on a Sunday. No, friends, we are charged to be prepared at all times. It's interesting that the concept of be ready in the original is the idea of to set upon, to stand up. To be present. A desire to defend at all times. So that's the charge. Timothy, proclaim. Timothy, prepare. But then the third charge is Timothy, press on. Timothy, press on. In other words, he's saying, now Timothy, correct. Rebuke, encourage. Because that's what we are asked to do. And so young Timothy, as he's leading this church, he's now the senior pastor of the church. And perhaps he was falling weak. Perhaps he was strong in preaching. Perhaps he was strong in the proclamation But perhaps he was what? Maybe weak in the encouraging, in the exhortation of God's truth. Well, Timothy, there's a ministry called encouraging. Beloved friends, Come back to the grenade. Anybody can pull the pin. All of us. It's not just less responsibility with Lara and the leadership. No, no. All of us are called to encourage. All of us are called to this charge. So the question is, are we doing it? Are we, are we embracing this charge Are we actually doing it or not? See, the Bible says not just to be hearers of God's truth, but we've got to embrace the reality of application of doing it. I tell teenagers this truth. You don't grow by how fast you read the Bible. You grow by bringing application into what you're reading. Well, 
There's a charge. Secondly, there is a caution. There is a concern that Paul is having. Look at verse 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What is Paul trying to say here? What is sound truth? In one sense, it's the wholesome truth of Scripture. In another sense, it's Scripture which demands for life transformation. Paul was concerned that after his death, false teachers will arise in Ephesus and turn believers from the true faith into error and myth. But isn't that happening today? Isn't that happening today that we are receiving and hearing this false teaching? We are watering down the gospel. We can't proclaim certain words because it might offend people. Now, friends, what about God? Are we truly staying true to God's word? Yes, we need to be sensitive. Yes, we need to be wise. But we cannot escape from the reality of the truth. A person will not be safe unless they understand their sinful condition. And they, they understand that they need a saviour. And often what we do is we, uh, we act wrongly in not truthfully teaching the scripture. So it's not just a situation that has happened in the church in Ephesus. It's happening today and sadly in a lot of our communities. For the time will come. See, they will not endure. It's interesting. As I think of the word end, if we want to end faithfully, we need to take that letter. Put the word there, endurance. Why? Because it will get tough. And I think the Apostle Paul is trying to open young Timothy's mind to the reality of what he was going to experience and is experiencing. There's going to be false teaching. There's going to be discouragement. There's going to be affliction. Beloved friends, never the word of God, never is teaching us that the life while we live now on earth is going to be an easy right. No, don't believe that lie. The Bible says that if you choose to live godly, well, get ready for persecution. So if you're going through challenges of any thought, 
physical, emotional, spiritually, in many ways, hold on to that truth. It's part of our journey. Jesus was afflicted emotionally, spiritually, even mentally. You read his last prayer before the cross in the garden. When he cries out to the Father three times. And listen to this. It's like the Father, for the first time, is silent. Silent. I have four children. I love my kids dearly. I could not be silent to any of my four kids if they're crying out to me with pain and affliction. When I see my kids hurting, I tell them, give me your pain, I'll take your pain. Give me your sickness, I'll take your sickness. Because that's what parents do that understand the concept of love. And yet Christ, the Son, is crying out, not my will, but your will, but Father, this is hard. I'm going to go to this cross. I'm going to be tortured and punished and mocked and ridiculed. Father! Silence. Endure. Verse 5. Timothy, but you be watchful in all things. Here it comes again. Endure. Don't quit. Don't give up. Endure afflictions. Gonna get tough. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't do it. And often, can I tell you something? If there's a reason why often we quit, it's because of affliction. I've been there many times. No wonder Paul is saying, I I, I get it. And no wonder Paul understands because Jesus endured. And and let me me tell you, for years, he was 100% God. But let's take the Apostle Paul. Because we say, oh, Martin, well, Jesus was son of God, so, you know, he expected to do that. No, no, no. You've got to remember, he was all 100% man. But take the Apostle Paul. You're talking about enduring affliction. Man, oh man. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit. But you be watchful. 
in all things. I love that concept. Not just in some areas. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. I've been in ministry now with Word of Life for 20, almost 23 years. Prior to that, I was five years as a youth pastor at a church in Alexandria. That's 28 years of ministry. And I'm reminded of this truth. This is for me. Martin, fulfill your calling. Can I tell you something, friends? It is the best decision that I've made in my life. Man, oh man. I will not trade the years that I've had involved in ministry. Best years. Verse 7, not only there's a charge, there's a caution, but there's a commitment. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Verse 7, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, to understand verse 7, you've got to understand, understand the context of it. Look at verse 6. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. What this is saying is, Paul, physically, he's very ill. He's been in dungeons. As a matter of fact, he's suffering. And he knows that his departure soon to be with the Lord is so close. Is so close. And kind of mentally, he's already prepared that he's going to see the Lord soon. But then he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. These three Greek verbs, fought, finished, kept, indicate, indicates completed actions with continuing, with continuing results. It's the same verse when he says, ask, seek, and knock. The grandmother is saying, keep on asking. Don't stop at once. Continue seeking, seeking. Continue knocking, knocking. D don't give up. It's a progressive, it's, it's a continuation. It's not just one off. It's not just that I knock one time. No, no. It's continue knocking, continue fighting, continue keeping the faith, continue, 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 because in hardship, in, the, in, in afflictions, we stop.
Verse 8, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And I love that word crown in the original is the idea of surrendering. See, friends, when it comes to that moment where we've lived a faithful and committed life, God will reward us with crowns. But those crowns we don't keep. Those crowns we surrender back to the Lord. Those crowns we say, here God, take them back. We, we had the privilege. God, you saved us. We were lost without you. Where would I be today if it wasn't for Christ? Friends, I'll be so lost. And praise be to God that he rescued me and gave me a purpose. I have a purpose to live. Then he says, I want to reward you. But I surrender back those crowns back to him. I believe all my heart scripturally talks about that salvation is secure in Christ. Not what I can do, what Christ has done. But friends, the Bible talks of in 1 Corinthians that by fire our rewards will be examined. And I do believe that we do lose rewards for our uncommitted unfaithfulness lives. I've been, as I wrap up, so perhaps um, concerned more about my life, not about you, my life. And maybe perhaps because we are the age and the season that my wife and I are in, Keep reminding myself, Lord, I don't want to end unfaithfully. The privilege of seeing so many kids come to know Christ and end unfaithfully. Friends, if we are to end You need to endure. You need to ask God to give you his grace. But you need to fulfill your calling. Don't give up. Don't quit. Fulfill your God-given calling. I cannot wait that day. See my Savior face to face. And he tells me, Well done, faithful servant. Friends, that's my pursuit in life. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would just encourage us, exhort us. But Father, give us the warning. Let us not be like Demas. That we lost our focus. We lost our calling. But Father, we'll go back to you. 
that will go back to you, Father, go back to the cross and ask forgiveness and ask for your grace and for your strength so that we can fulfill and end faithfully. We love you, Lord, in the name of Christ.